the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, Inc. does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones industry average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. So let's supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. Rare securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It's summertime and it's getting hot. <laughs> Weather seems to have developed a pattern anymore. We got two days of thunderstorms followed by two clear days and then two days of thunderstorms followed by another two clear days. So the thunderstorms are area basically keeping on our keeping us on our toes in terms of scheduling our, our days outside. We have to be flexible regarding the type of activities we plan, particularly uh, how we're going to get to shelter fast when those thunderstorms appear. Preferably, shelter where we can be dry with a light breeze. <laughs> I, wish I can wish anything, but uh, but we are, we're used to the weather in Northeast Ohio. We lived here for years, and the periodic showers and thunderstorms have been great for our gardens and landscapes and even the farm crops. But... We have to ask Mother Nature for more highs in the mid-80s and not in the mid-90s. Even with the variable weather, this has been a wonderful summer. It's great to be outside and getting things done again. In any event, it's great to be able to uh, travel again uh, after being cooped up in the house because of the COVID. I thought I was being adventuresome uh, flying over to San Diego for the graduation of one of my grandkids 
on Memorial Day. But uh, when I talk to my clients, they've been traveling all over the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. I know exactly who I should talk to anywhere I want to go visit. If I want to go visit Vancouver or Nashville or Ocean City, I just know I'll press the phone and uh, call the person and mention they've been there for the last uh, three or four weeks. And this weekend, after we finish our jobs and relax, we can review what is happening in the global economy and how we're, that's affecting our financial planning and investing. This week, global equity markets were mostly up. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were up for the week uh, with a three-day rally midweek. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up. Well, the, in the U, European Union, both the uh, stock Europe 600 and the DAX, Germany's DAX, were up for the week. Asia was also up. Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, and China's uh, Hong Kong, Hang Seng, uh, were also up for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed up, and the Dow Jones at 31,899.29, so it was up 1.95% for the week. The Standard & Poor 500 closed at 3,000. 961.63, and it was up 2.55% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 11,834.11, and that was up 3.33% for the week. So we're still in a bad in a bear market, but uh, the stocks were up. Last, the stock indices were up last week, even as the U.S. stock indices finished up the week due to a little bit more good news than bad news. Investors are cautious due to the, well, there's still a lot of things out there, persistently high inflation, the possibility of a recession. Uh, we either talk about recession or inflation. Uh, we switch from one to the other, as well as the war in Ukraine, as well as the COVID in China, as well as perhaps a, a global recession. And next week, uh, we have to watch the uh, Federal Reserve. They're having their open market committee meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, the, uh, we also, next week, we get the gross domestic product uh, data that will add, interject even more volatility in the market. Well, we see what the second quarter has brought us in terms of uh, indications of a recession or not. The Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, he said that uh, uh, either a half a percent or three-quarters of a percent uh, uh, increase would be on the table at this uh, next week's uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting. The survey of economists that conducted by Bloomberg News expects a, a three-quarter of a percent increase. Um, that will lift the uh, Fed funds rate or overnight rate to a high of 2.5% uh, on Wednesday. In addition, uh, the economists surveyed by Bloomberg News indicate that the, they think that the Federal Reserve is likely to slow the pace of interest rate increases to one half of 1% in September and then shift to one quarter of a percent hikes at the two remaining uh, meetings for the year. So that would lift the upper range of the uh, federal funds target rate to 3.5% by the end of this year. So that's, but basically, that's, those are, you know, I think there's 44 uh, economists that they talk to, and uh, that's their uh, best guess as to what the uh, Federal Reserve is going to do uh, in the remaining meetings of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. This year, but the Federal Reserve always uh, indicates that when they meet approximately every six weeks, that that is the uh, decision point. Uh, they don't. Uh, they might indicate how they're going to vote beforehand, but it's never a done deal until uh, that Wednesday when they come out and proclaim what they did agree upon. So uh, the rate increases 
are in addition to the uh, federal funds or the Federal Reserve rolling off approximately $47.5 billion in bonds from their almost uh, $9 trillion balance sheet. And they were going to roll it off this month. The, the uh, bond redemption will include treasury bonds as well as mortgage-backed uh, securities. Uh, the redemption started last month, June, and will continue at $47.5 billion per month for August also. In September, uh, the bond redemption will step up to $95 billion per month and continue on into uh, 2023. In other words, the, the idea here is to uh, redeem the bonds or sell the bonds and uh, pull the money out of the economy. Uh, this Federal Reserve's plan of uh, increasing the interest rates to slow the and uh, to reduce the demand, to put the demand more in equilibrium with the supply, appears to be working uh, by increasing the interest rate. They basically slowed down the home construction industry. Uh, the monthly new residential con construction reports of June that's put out by the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, that shows that uh, starts in uh, June were down 2% uh, from May and also uh, down 6.3% from June a year ago. Uh, this has also caused uh, more emphasis on multifamily home construction and less on single-family home construction. The, uh, the emphasis so far, you know, when the COVID struck, was the single-family homes. And the, now, with the uh, increase in the 30-year uh, the, uh, mortgage rates, uh, the increase has been, well, a year and a half ago, uh, the 30-year fixed rate uh, would be about uh, 3%, and now it's about 5.8%. So that's slowing down uh, people buying houses. The new construction uh, industry is feeling that. And we'll talk about that later in the show, too. And uh, it's also put a, a dent in um, home builders' uh, confidence. And they report that in the National Association of Home Builders uh, uh, combined with the Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. And they, uh, what they show is that uh, home prices are still rising, but builders are cutting prices, and uh, we'll talk about that later in the show today. In addition, uh, existing home sales are also impacted by the uh, uh, rate increases, and uh, the National Association of Realtors uh, reported that for June, uh, home sales, existing home sales, were down 5.4% from May, and they were down 14.2% uh, from June a year earlier. And uh, uh, also, uh, the uh, industrial production uh, is slowing down, too. Uh, the industrial production and capacity utilization report uh, for June shows that uh, basically we're slowing down uh, two-tenths of a percent, which is not terrible, uh, from May, and uh, uh, with manufacturing down about uh, a half a percent. So uh, we'll talk about uh, that later in the show today, too. And basically, uh, manufacturing uh, uh, showed the tendencies, even without the uh, Federal Reserve increasing the rates. They, they showed this tendency to... Uh, uh, start to slow down. Uh, they had uh, manufacturing was in great shape during the COVID situation, but uh, um, after uh, the COVID uh, uh, passed, and uh, well, it's not really passed. We still have this um, what is it M five or something like that COVID out there. But uh, now that people are out and about, they're spending. Uh, money on travel and uh, 
restaurants and sporting events and things of this nature, as opposed to the COVID days when we were locked up and uh, uh, we spent most of our we, uh, the money we had, we either saved or we spent it on uh, uh, goods. So, uh, if you recall, that was the start of the inflation about uh, probably about March of last year when uh, the demand for goods overwhelmed the uh, supply and inflation uh, began to pick up. So, uh, but you know what we're seeing here is that the, the industrial production is slowing down. And that's uh, according to that report from the, um, the Federal Reserve. And also, if you take a look at the uh, around the around the country, they look at different sectors of the country. And they uh, one of the places that we look uh, for information that's regarding going on in a different section of the country would be the Philadelphia Ed Manufacturing Index. And they put that out each month too, and and that's for basically manufacturing along the, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, uh, along the also along the eastern seaboard. And basically, what that shows is that the um, uh, the uh, uh, manufacturing sector uh, for the last couple of months has been going down, and emphatically so for the Philadelphia Fed. The index is down this month by a minus uh, 12.3, and uh, and that's the worst showing since the very beginning of the pandemic two years ago. And we'll get into uh, you know that particular survey because in those types of surveys, that's a qualitative survey where they it's more like a uh, they ask the managers you know, how things are going this month versus last month. And basically what they're showing is that, uh, uh, um, you know, the, the report for uh, uh, June or for July is uh, basically worse than that for June, and June was worse than uh, uh, May. So we'll get into the details of that later in the show today, too. So basically the Federal Reserve... Uh, in order to conquer inflation, it started this uh, march up with the interest rates, the idea being that we're going to slow the economy down, and in slowing the economy down, we're going to be able to conquer inflation. Uh, there's a lot of uh, credible voices on either side. Um, you know, inflation, the latest inflation numbers uh, showed 9.1%. Uh, CPI consumer price index increase over the last 12 months, uh, and uh, so we got to get that down. Uh, some of the articles indicate that uh, that should be able, we should be able to get that down to five percent by the end of this year. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, it's a uh, case of uh, do something and see what happens and keep on doing it. Uh, and see if we can get that inflation down. You can see gasoline prices going down. Uh, I think the last time I looked at gasoline prices, they were, I think, uh, $4.30 a gallon. So that's moving in the right direction, <clears throat> hopefully. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully nothing happens in this uh, Ukraine situation or in the uh, world uh, oil markets to, to boost it up again. In any case, <clears throat> what we're seeing is that uh, the events in the in the world are basically slowing down the world. Uh, if you take a look at Europe, you're seeing that uh, uh, Europe is not only contending uh, with this uh, inflation like we are. I think their inflation is about seven and a half percent. Uh, but they also have this energy crisis where they're um, very concerned about the uh, uh, Russian uh, natural gas that they're receiving. And uh, they're making all sorts of uh, plans and, uh, for possibly rationing uh, gas, this uh, natural gas in Europe this winter. Uh, are talking about different industries and 
and 15% cuts and things of this nature. So <clears throat> what we're seeing is, is uh, a lot of uh, commotion in the world. And, uh, but uh, in our case, what we're seeing is that uh, a certain effect of the Federal Reserve increasing the rate is basically slowing our economy down. And hopefully that's going to uh, show us an impact in inflation pretty soon. So, uh, but that's that's basically what's happening in the outside world. But if we take a look at the most important aspects of of our planning, is the uh, basically the micro planning in terms of our individual goals. In other words, in terms of uh, goals of uh, retirement in some cases, uh, finding the money for the education of the children, finding the money for <clears throat> uh, buying a house, uh, uh, making those decisions with regard to our financial plan and uh, our goals. And basically, uh, it boils down to uh, allocating uh, the resources that you do have, uh, be it the uh, uh, rental income or work income or one family income or, or uh, two paychecks or one paycheck and making those decisions with regard to uh, raising a family and basically who stays home and uh, uh, does this and, and how much money is that going to cost and things of this nature. So uh, to me, it's uh, uh, realizing that, you do, that we do have goals uh, we do have to, we, don't, <laughs> we want to uh, reach those goals, and we do have a good idea of the schedule and the cost of those goals. And what we have to do is allocate our resources, uh, maybe think of it in terms of different envelopes or different buckets or any way you want to think about it. Uh, we have to scroll away and save the money. Uh, and put it in investments <clears throat> that have generally proved very, very fruitful in terms of increasing the money we put in. Right now, we're in a situation where, with this bear market, where uh, that's nip and tuck, uh, but the only thing that uh, we look at there is that uh, uh, if we uh, put our money into investments now, it's basically that buying, uh, buying low uh, with the intention of later selling high. So uh, we have to look at what we're doing in terms of allocating our resources, saving, investing, and also at the same time living and uh, uh, balancing it all in terms of a standard of living versus uh, um, savings and investing. And also uh, protecting ourselves against the unknowns with regard to property and casualty insurance and uh, life insurance. And then uh, along the way, we have to do some estate planning in terms of uh, uh, beneficiary forms and wills and uh, uh, things of this nature to make sure that uh, uh, we have all this uh, we're not overlooking anything in our planning. And that's basically what we do here in terms of uh, financial planning. Uh, maybe it's the first time that you've thought about it, but uh, we do this. We've been doing this for the last 30 years. So uh, we've seen just about everything. Uh, so the idea here is that we look at the big picture only with regard to <clears throat> what's happening and then we look at our financial plan with regard to how's it impacting us and uh, uh, changes that we should make in terms of trying to uh, trying to secure our our plan as much as possible. So I'm Jim McAleese, and uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow, and you can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That number is 1-888-281-1110. You can give us a call and ask about anything you want to talk about. And uh, 
Uh, we'll see if we can answer that for you. And uh, uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is located at 47149 Bursley Road in Wellington, Ohio, 44090, and can be contacted at 440-647-2793. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 one You know, when you started the show, we talked about, hey, uh, uh, what the Federal Reserve is trying to do is working in terms of slowing down the economy. And the first thing that it has been the uh, home construction industry. And uh, basically, it hit the uh, home construction industry because uh, uh, it, the construction industry was doing great with the uh, low interest rates for the 30-year mortgage. The fixed-rate mortgage is 3%. And uh, uh, what you ended up with is that uh, uh, home builders and uh, uh, developers and suppliers and uh, everybody was doing very, very well. But now, uh, according to the latest numbers, I think from the uh, um, the uh, banking uh, groups, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage uh, with an 80% uh, loan to uh, mortgage to loan, call it the mortgage to appraised value, is somewhere around 5.8%. So what you're seeing right now is that uh, uh, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, they keep track of the new construction in their monthly new residential construction report. And their latest report reveals that uh, home construction decreased in June compared to May. And uh, basically, if you take a look at... uh, Permits, uh, the permits were down six-tenths of 1% uh, from May. The starts were down 2% in June from May. And the completions were down 4.6% uh, in June from May. The completions are kind of uh, uh, kind of funny nowadays because of the supply chain. It's, very, it's becoming more and more difficult. To finish these houses, uh, you know, the houses are uh, under construction for longer periods of time, where most of the construction has happened on the particular house, but they have the, the different parts and pieces are missing because of the supply chain. And then, if you compare, let's say, uh, uh, if, if you compare the permits and the starts and the completions. Uh, for this June versus June a year ago, what we see is the permits are up uh, uh, in June. The permits were up 1.4% from a year ago, and we'll talk about that later. The starts were down 6.3% uh, 
and the completions were up 4.6%. So, but uh, what we'd have to do to really get into it is take a look at the uh, single family and versus the multifamily. The number I just gave you was the composite, where they were all mixed up together. But if we start talking about uh, uh, comparing single family permits, uh, if we compare uh, uh, single family permits in June versus May, what we're going to see is a deduction of 8% for the single family, but for the multifamily, uh, it's up 13.1%. It starts uh, for the single family uh, in June versus May are down 8.1%, but the starts for the multifamily are up 15.0%. And again, the completions are behind schedule. The completions for the single family uh, in June are down 4.1% for May and they're down 5.4% for the multifamily. Now, if you compare June of this this year versus June of last year, what we're seeing is the uh, uh, single-family permits uh, were down 11.4%, and the uh, multifamily were up 27.8%. The starts for the single-family were down 15. 7% compared to a year ago, and for the multifamily, the starts were up 16.4%. So it basically shows you that uh, they're shifting from the single family to the multifamily now. Let's take a minute and uh, see who's on our, our telephone lines. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can, can I help you? Um, hi. Uh, got sort Hello, of a man. general question for you. Uh, sure. I, uh, I'm 68. Uh, I've never had a lot of money, mostly living within my means, living modestly. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting an inheritance <laughs> of, I'm not sure how much it's going to be, like $100,000, $200,000. So I guess, is there like a general rule of thumb or, or something I need to, to start with, a place to start on handling this money? Okay. Well, the first thing we have to do is talk about how old you are. 68. Okay, 68. And uh, you mentioned that you're in good shape now, you know, but because you're basically living within your means. Uh, uh, how does your retirement, uh, uh, your nest egg look? In other words, I'm, I'm thinking about retirement in terms of uh, You'll be getting Social Security. Uh, you probably are. Uh, are you still working? No, I'm not, I'm not still working. Okay. Uh, I am getting so Social retired. Security. My well, wife has retired, and she's got a nice nest egg that she got from uh, from her job. Uh, okay. But I don't really have anything myself. Okay. So she has, in her case, does she have a pension or a uh, 401k? Uh, she has a pension, and she also had a a payout when she retired. So okay, good. All right. So it, it sounds like you got your social. Both of you have your social security. She has a social security plus a pension and a four hundred one k. Is your house paid for? I'm sorry, you break it up a little bit. It, I, I'm Again. sorry. Yeah, is your house paid for? Do you owe anything uh, on your house? Oh, no, no. Totally paid off. Oh, okay. All right. So basically, congratulations. You're, you're in good shape in terms of, uh, of retirement. And uh, are there, uh, when you take a look ahead and say, okay, what should I do with this money? Uh, the question is uh, a certain portion of it will probably uh should go towards uh, investments and things of this nature. But then you also have to take a look at, do you have any children? I have two children. They're both grown. So Okay, they're uh, both grown. They're both out on their own. Um, yes. Nobody in, nobody in the house except you and the missus, right? Uh, well, 
right now I've got one son still at home, but yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, uh, the question is in terms of uh, your responsibilities, in terms of your desires, uh, you're probably looking at saying, okay, uh, we've done well. We paid for our house. The kids are grown. Uh, The one thing I would advocate, do the kids need any help? in terms of financial help? Uh, one might, yes, one might. Okay, all right. So uh, what you want to do is take a look at it, and, and take a, particularly with regard to the one that needs the help, you know, be it a uh, health condition or uh, maybe just um, uh, they're younger and they're, they haven't reached their prime yet and haven't gotten into the into the business world yet. Okay. So uh, what you want to do is make sure that you allocate a certain portion uh, to, to uh, of your inheritance to helping set aside for helping a child. I wouldn't uh, give the child, or I would, in no cases would I ever tell a child, well, uh, we're going to start doling out money to you because that seems to be destructive in terms of any uh, motivational uh, uh, or any habits, good habits that they have. So what you do yeah. is say, okay, we're going to apportion a certain part of it to vacations and enjoying life and a certain part of it to uh, investments. It sounds as if uh, the money that, uh, uh, you know, let's say if, if it's uh, uh, a lot of money. Let you mentioned uh, an upper limit of two hundred thousand dollars. So, right, I think that's what it will finally need. turn out to be. Okay, so they need to me that gives you the opportunity to say, okay, what is uh, you're sixty eight, and the, I, I suspect your life, your wife is a little younger. Uh, what do you guys want to do with the rest of your life? Uh, in terms of uh, uh, taking care of the kids, the grandkids, travel, uh, investments, and uh, uh, to me, uh, doing those things that uh, uh, give you some pleasure, uh, since you you have taken care of most of the uh, the retirement needs, uh, you might need some more. Uh, uh, money in terms of uh, um, things that could happen, unknowns that could happen, uh, put a certain portion of away. But to me, I would maybe set up uh, uh, half of it to go for uh, what you and your your spouse want to do in life uh, in terms okay. of uh, helping the kids, in terms of, uh, of uh, enjoying life things of this nature. The other half, I would uh, put in investments uh, for the future. You know, you never know when you're going to need more money or uh, the kids are going to need more money. So uh, I would, uh, just at the, I don't know the details, but uh, congratulations. You sound like you're in, you're taking care of your money wisely. Uh, Now you've got a windfall. Enjoy part of it and invest part of it. The question is, how much should you enjoy? And and I'm just putting a rough number of basically 50% there and saying, okay, uh, uh, put the rest in the investments and uh, uh, plan on utilizing the first 50% to, to uh, help yourselves and the uh, youngsters. So okay. what do you think? Great. Okay. That sounds good. I was just worried. I mean, I've never had big money. I didn't want to do something stupid with it. And, you know, you hear well, about people that win the lottery and then they're broke in a year. I didn't oh, want to yeah, be that person. Very, very, yeah, that, that is very, very true. You know, uh, basically what you're going to find out when you go into investing is uh, uh, probably the best thing to do is to talk to a financial planner or somebody. Talk to your uh, people that you trust 
and see what uh, uh, they recommend when they get into the real details. In other words, uh, is there a, a need for uh, a better house? Is there a need for, uh, uh, you know, vacations? Is there a need for uh, putting money aside for the youngsters? Uh, do the youngsters have business plans? Things of this nature. So, okay? Okay, so talk to somebody, Thank you. Talk, talk, talk to somebody you trust. Talk to a financial advisor for the... Uh, uh, the investment advice, and uh, uh, there's all sorts of uh, mutual funds that you can get into. Uh, uh, don't get into any get-rich-quick schemes, whatever you do. <laughs> I wouldn't. I've been really... actually listening to the show for 20 years, so uh, on and off. I don't catch everyone, but I, uh, I've been listening well, to it for a long you. time. So. Well, thank you very, very much. You know, we have a lot of experience, and uh, We've helped a lot of people, so and uh, I hope I wish you well with regard to uh, that inheritance. Just sit down with a spouse and and uh, first draw off your plan and what you're thinking of, and then go talk to a maybe a financial planner. Uh, look at the ins and outs of uh, investments and uh, what you feel comfortable with. Take a look at. Uh, you know, I'm not advising you to throw all your money into investments. I'm saying that, hey, uh, you guys have earned uh, your uh, happiness and enjoyment, and uh, now you've got a windfall, a portion of it, and, and have some fun. Okay? Okay. Uh, you, can, you can give us a call at uh, uh, our number here is 440. 440- Six four seven two seven nine three. You can give us a call. Okay, too, and we'll be glad to help you. Okay, you have a good day. Dan. All right, thanks for calling. Bye bye. Thank you so much for talking. I appreciate it. All right, this is Jim McAlee, and you're listening to Get This Slow. Uh, well, let's uh, let's take a break now, and uh, we'll come back in just a second. <laughs> you can give us a call. Our number here is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 You know, we're talking about what's happening in the uh, industry, the home construction industry. And uh, uh, what's happening right now is that uh, uh, I just talked about the starts and the permits. And uh, the permits and starts for the single families are going down. And for the multifamily, they're going up. And that's a function, I think, of the affordability issues more than anything else. Uh, if you take a look at the uh, uh, permits, uh, basically for the, the total number of permits and uh, for single families, uh, last year was 590,000. Uh, this year, there's 565,000. Uh, the uh, the uh, this is year-to-date numbers. The multifamily permits last year were 259,000. This year, they're 303,000. And the same thing uh, occurs with regard to the uh, uh, starts. So... Basically, the housing industry is slowing down, and uh, uh, the permits are plunging and the, uh, for the single family, and they're increasing for the multifamily, and 
most of that is being driven by the affordability. Uh, people are being priced out of the um, single-family home positions. So uh, we can also take a look at the uh, housing market index. And uh, the housing market index is an index that's put together by Wells Fargo, as well as the National Association of Home Builders. And what they do is survey, uh, they talk to the uh, uh, home builders that uh, are in the single-family home construction, and they show that the confidence is plunging as basically as affordability uh, woes uh, increase. The latest uh, housing market index for July is falling fast, and the uh, housing market uh, uh, index shows that uh, as high inflation, increasing interest rates have stalled the housing market, uh, that has uh, dramatically uh, slowed sales and also uh, slowed down on buyer traffic. And a uh, further sign of uh, a weakening uh, builder's confidence is way down. Uh, Jerry Conter, uh, 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 who's chairman of the National Association of Home Builders, quote, uh, Single-family home starts are retreating on higher construction costs, interest rates, and this decline is reflected in our latest builder survey, which shows a, a steep drop in builder sentiment for the single-family home market. Uh, builders are reporting weakening traffic as uh, home affordability declines. Uh, he also goes on and says production bottlenecks, rising old building costs, Higher inflation are causing many builders to halt construction uh, because the cost of land, construction, and financing exceeds the market value of the home. In another sign of softening of a softening market, 13% of the builders in the uh, survey reported reducing home prices in the past month to bolster sales or to limit uh, cancellations. And they're also their chief economist for the National Association of Home Builders, uh, Robert uh, Deitz. He said, uh, quote, affordability is the greatest challenge facing the housing market. Significant segments of the housing home buying population priced out of the market. And uh, he quotes the policy makers should address supply side issues to help builders produce more affordable housing. And he continues, while the multifamily market remains strong on uh, solid uh, rental housing demand, the softening of the single-family construction data should send a strong signal to the Federal Reserve that uh, tighter financial conditions are producing a housing downturn and price growth will will slow significantly this year, uh, but the housing deficit relative to the demographic need will persist through this uh, ongoing cyclical downturn. So basically what you're saying is that, hey, the, uh, uh, the builders are losing confidence, some are cutting prices, even though we're going to see in a minute that existing home prices are still increasing. Uh, they're going to start to come down. They're not, it's not going to be like 2006 or seven, or anything like that, but it's, it's going to be a, a, the increases are going to start to get smaller and smaller as uh, the demand decreases because of the affordability issues. If you take a look at existing home sales, uh, this is from the National Association of Realtors. Existing home sales were down uh, 5.4% in June, and uh, here they, they include existing uh, single-family homes, townhouses, condominiums, and co-ops. Uh, the sales uh, dropped 5.4% in June from May, and uh, year-over-year, sales fell 14.2%. The chief economist... Uh, uh, Lawrence Young, uh, he said, falling housing affordability 
continues to take a toll on potential home buyers. Both mortgage rates and home prices have risen too sharply in a short span of time, unquote. And, uh, and there's some good news with regard to the number of homes for sale. The total housing inventory for sale uh, uh, increased uh, in uh, June, increased 9.6% from May, and now unsold inventory sits at a three-month supply to the current sales pace, and that's up from 2.6 months supply uh, a month ago. That's Basically, that's still too low. Uh, that number should be five or six months of supply. And here's the kicker in terms of the median existing home price for all housing types, condominiums and single families in June was $416,000. Wow. Up um, 13.4% from June of last year. Um, and prices in all regions. And basically what you're saying is uh, homes continue to move fast in spite of all this. And you see a $416,000 median pricing and up 13.4%. Uh, properties typically in June, top, uh, properties typically remained on the market for 14 days. And uh, uh, that's a pretty short time. And uh, basically 88% of the homes that were sold in June were on the market for less than a month. The uh, Lawrence Young, who's that chief economist, who also indicated, finally, there are more homes on the market and interestingly enough, the record low pace of days on the market implies a fuzzier picture on home prices. Home priced, he continues, home, homes that are priced right are selling very quickly, but homes, homes priced too high are deterring uh, buyers. And, and as far as first-time home buyers, they're still in the market. Uh, they're responsible for... 30% of the sales in June. And uh, if you take a look at uh, uh, sales that slowed down uh, with the increase in the mortgage rates, and according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, the average uh, uh, contract uh, interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage with conforming loan balance of uh, less than 647000 is increased to uh, 5.82%, uh, with points increasing to 0.65, and that's for an 80% uh, loan-to-value uh, loan. So uh, and the, the uh, Lawrence Young indicates if consumer price inflation continues to rise, then mortgage rates will rise higher, Rates will stabilize only when signs of peak inflation appear. If inflation is contained, then mortgage rates may even decline somewhat. So what we're seeing in the Midwest, our area of the country, is that uh, sales were down 9.8% in June and from May and down 24.7% from a year ago. And the existing... Uh, 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 home price was stood at uh, $423,300. So in all of this, what you're seeing is that uh, the Federal Reserve has uh, planned to increase the interest rates and slow the economy down, and uh, that's exactly what's happening. And, and you even see it with regard to the uh, industrial production, the industrial production uh, slowed down in uh, June from July, and we also saw that with regard to the Philadelphia Manufacturing Survey, uh, where they indicate that uh, if you take a look at the uh, what is your evaluation of the level of general business activity, uh, 11, 12% said that the, the, this month was better than last month, and 24% disagreed. New orders this month were 
12% said they increased, 36% said that they decreased uh, shipments, 30% said that this month was higher, uh, 15% said it was lower. So what you're seeing there is that the orders are slowing down and the shipments are, uh, are basically catching up. Uh, probably uh, what you'll see there is that the employment has probably picked up to work off the uh, backlog. So the orders are slowing down. The backlog is being worked off. And uh, um, there's going to come a time when uh, basically uh, the backlog gets to a point where uh, the unemployment is also going to go down, too. So this is Jim McAuley. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is Jim McAleese. Let's, let's end the show with a, a statement of life is beautiful. Always believe that something wonderful is going to happen, even with all of life's ups and downs. Never take a day for granted. Never give up on yourself, no matter what you're going through. Believe in yourself. Honor your work. Know your value. Respect your truth. And always remember who you truly are. Because it doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop. Just do and do the best you can be. Last week, I read a, a few little points that I thought about. I read them. Here they are. Once all the villagers decided to pray for rain. On the day of the prayer, all the people gathered, but only one little boy brought along an umbrella. That's faith. When you throw babies in the air, they laugh because they know that you will catch them. Trust. And then every night we go to bed without any assurance of being alive the next morning. But still, we set the alarm to wake up. That's hope. Another one is we plan big things for tomorrow in spite of zero knowledge of the future. That's confidence. We see the world suffering, but still we get married and have children. That's love. And lastly, on an old man's shirt was written a sentence, I am not 80 years old, I am a sweet 16 with 64 years experience. As I read it, I thought how ordinary happenings take on more meanings when you actually think about them. So smile and enjoy life. So until we meet again next week, the more Get Rich Slow. May God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, Call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. What you don't know about your home can cost you. Access to in-depth data is gold when buying or selling your home. With Only.com, you get the information. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.